acting. Yes, from time to time, I have done some acting. On film. <laughs> On film. Yeah. And uh, some small parts, some big parts, some short films, some big films. Um, probably nothing you've seen. And do I like acting? No. I am definitely uh, a self-proclaimed reluctant actor. But here's the thing. With, uh, with film acting... You know, especially now in the uh, in the digital video era, you know, you don't like what you did, you could do another take, you can do 50 takes if you have a patient director. Not John Whitney. <laughs> but if you do, you can do uh, numerous takes until you feel good about it and get it right. So uh, come the end of that particular project, if you have a good editor, you know, you potentially have put your best on film or video, whatever the case might be. The actor that I envy, the actor that I respect, the actor who I don't know if I could ever be is the stage actor. Wow. I mean, I've never done a play. I, I think maybe something small in the fifth grade but as an adult I've never done anything on stage as a, as a play it terrifies me I, I'm, I'm scared to death uh, over the entire concept of, of getting up there and delivering lines uh, each night to a, a new crowd of people to have to memorize all of that and people say why are you scared of being on stage you do you do stand-up comedy that's different those are my words and I can alter those words any which way I want to on any given night. I can take things out, put new things in. I can get a feel for what the crowd is for me personally. There's nobody else depending on me for you know continuity and, and a scene and, and a relationship, whatever the, oh my God. And when I see my friends go up on stage, I literally am just amazed. I have the utmost respect for what they do and how they do it. So, you're wondering, what's what's he getting to? What's his point? Where's he going with all this? Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the world is a stage, and the stage is whiskey business. How was that? Was that dramatic? Was that too dramatic? That was yeah. great. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank oh, you. Oh, Acting. Thank you very much. Fancy. Our guest bottle tonight is... Uh, from right here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Middle West Spirits uh, Straight uh, Weeded Bourbon Whiskey. This is a, a, a two-fold reason why we have the bottle tonight. One, we like supporting uh, Ohio products. Two, hey, Middle West, come on Whiskey Business and tell us how you make your whiskey. Okay? Free plug. You hear that, Christina? You got it? You got it? No, actually, we've been in contact with, uh, with the folks at Middle West through the Instagrams, Hansberry. Ooh, and, um, social media. Yeah, That's I nice. know, right? And and they're interested in, in, in coming on and sharing uh, some of their knowledge with us. Speaking of knowledge and information, before we get to our, our very special guest tonight, uh, why don't you share yeah. some of the stuff that people need to know? Well, speaking of Instagram, of course, Whiskey Business is on Whiskey uh, on Instagram, Whiskey Business Podcast. We're on Facebook. We are. We're on the, the Twitters. Uh, we tweet at uh, Whiskey Biz Show. 
Um, but you know, here's the thing. I, I uh, was out working in the yard because it's kind of starting to get nice. And I always listen to podcasts you know, while I'm like mowing the lawn or like pretending to work outside just to like not be out yeah, with the where, kids. Where are you going with <laughs> well, this? Well, because <laughs> I got over the winter, I got used to watching Whiskey Business on YouTube. Mm-hmm. With John Whitney does a, a, an amazing job uh, with uh, our YouTube channel, right. and so I'm, I feel like I'm gonna uh, still have to watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it while I'm on the lawn and still watch it. Anyway, Whiskey Business is on YouTube, and uh, John keeps it uh, raw and unedited, so it's all like the sloppy nonsense that uh-huh. we, we clean up. Uh, Whiskey Business Show with Dino Tripodis. Subscribe, rate, and review. Share, um, but also um, on iTunes, your favorite podcasting app. Subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, also, we like to say word of mouth. Share with all of your... By all means, please do. That seems to be our best uh, method of getting the word out there. So, yes, I talked about the stage, the acting on the stage, the actor on the stage, the stage actor. I'm being redundant (laughs) and ridiculous on purpose. And our guest tonight is Krista Stauffer, who is the uh, artist educator at CatCo, she works with kids and teaches kids, does a wonderful job. She is a stage actor. Uh, do they say actress or actor? Or is everybody an actor in, uh, in, in theater? Um, I personally call myself an actor. Yeah. I could be wrong. I just do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 it seems like, it seems like uh, there shouldn't be any... I think Saying actor... I don't think it encompasses just a man everybody. anymore. I, th- yeah, I, think yeah. of, I think of both a man and a woman when they say an act. When the SAG Awards, when they have the little, when the little uh, interviews in the beginning, little mm-hmm. talks in the beginning, they always say, I'm so-and-so and I'm an actor, whether it's yeah. a man or a woman. So, yeah. mm-hmm. But she is, and uh, she is also a podcaster. Uh, last December of 2018, she debuted Speak Easily. And I had the pleasure of being her first guest on that first. podcast. So welcome, thank you. Welcome to Whiskey Business. Thank you. Finally, the uh, the, the quid pro, the quid pro quo. I can't even say that. <laughs> if I do it, if I do it like Hannibal Lecter, uh, quid pro quo, Clarice. Then I can say. Well, wow, that say makes it. it a lot better and safe yeah. feeling. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep drinking. <laughs> I said I would do yours if eventually you would do mine, <laughs> and here you are. So yeah. he's not really helping his case. No, there, not at all. Yeah. No, yeah. keep going. So yeah. I have two choices here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can approach uh, this 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 chat tonight from a from a very schmarmy theatrical <laughs> kind of way. Oh gosh, please and would go you? Into, and go into you know we love some, much like inside the actor's studio, or I could approach it. Uh, in the usual Dino Tripodis, uh, uh bourbonistic way of whiskey business, which okay. would you prefer? I don't. I, do you want a coin? Mm, I, I don't no, mind. No, you, you're okay with the second one. I didn't one? plan for anything, so okay, yeah, let's good. do this. When did you lose your virginity? <laughs> On stage. Uh, <laughs> 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 we went right there. <laughs> On what do? You, yeah. First time on stage. First time on stage. 1986. Mm-hmm. Aurora, Colorado. Aurora, Colorado. Pirates of Penzance. That I was, was your a, first time. Yeah. Yeah. I on was stage. A, that was my first. Uh, acting. Acting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were ballet recitals before that, but mm, I only dance at weddings now, so we're not going to talk about those. But yeah, uh, Pirates of Penzance, my dad was directing. I think my mom played 
piano in the pit, and my sister and I were cast as townspeople. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. Your dad was directing. Yeah. Your mom was involved. Mm-hmm. You, your siblings were involved. My sister was involved. Were, yeah. were you guys like, uh, you know. The Von uh, Trapps? No. Yeah, we're a traveling, a traveling troupe of some sort? <laughs> no, we stayed in Aurora. But no, both. Uh, okay, so uh, here we go. Mom is an opera singer uh-huh. by profession. Right. Um, dad went into music education, so he taught mostly middle school, high school music, vocal music. Um, and then my sister and I were just, we didn't have a choice. I mean, we were kind of raised in it. So not the Von Trapps, but we, d- we did a lot of performing together. So. You didn't have to you know, flee the Nazis? Not, and, and <laughs> not in 1986. <laughs> And you're, and you're, yeah, no, we didn't Illinois do that. Nazis. <laughs> yeah. She was in Colorado. Colorado. No, oh, yeah. Aurora. Yeah. There's Aurora, Colorado. Oh, there's an Aurora, Illinois. <laughs> I was thinking the Blues Brothers, the, come on. Yeah. Illinois Nazis. And Wayne's uh, World. Now, sadly, I'm from the one now that is associated with yeah, the. With the, uh, with the, with, uh, yeah, yeah, with the shooting. with the shootings. Yeah, sadly. So, I know. But at that particular point in time, mm-hmm. uh, none of that mayhem nope. existed, and, and you were doing the Pirates. What would you play? Townsperson. It was. It's not a real role, but dad. Dad put us in. It was a high school summer production. I think it was shortly before we moved here. Not a real role. Not a real role. So um, my daughter will be perfect. I think my sister and I went on at the beginning, and we were dancing around in a circle, and then ah, oh, the pirates are coming, and then we were off stage for a large amount of it. But mm-hmm. we of course learned the whole show and would reenact it in our basement. My at, sister and I, because we're super cool. After it was all said and done. Yeah. So you're close to your sister. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Is she she's, the older sister? She's the older. Oldest, the older sister. Okay. Yeah. So, Two years. And was it, was it, is, does she do the same thing as you do? Is she an actress? She's. Or an actor? <laughs> she's a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, she now teaches in, um, in Delaware. She teaches vocal music. So she did music education as well. And I went really far away from that and just did theater. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's not skip. Let's not skip over the fact that you just kind of glazed over. My mother was an opera singer because you know all of our moms are opera singers. What? Your mom was an opera singer. She was. She um, she started off as piano performance in college, and then they heard her sing, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, you shouldn't be doing piano." So she started studying opera in college. Graduated, got out, had kids, um, and then in 84, she did an opera competition when we still lived in Denver that the grand prize was a two-month study at the Graz Institute. Which is? In Austria. Oh, wow. Um, to study with the other award winners from around the globe that had, had won these. I can't remember the name of it. Another opera person will tell you what it is, but I was young. Um, so she studied in Graz for two months while she was out there, she met Roger Stevens, who was the head of the OSU music department at the time. And uh, during that time at home, mom was staying home with us, and dad was working for Frontier Airlines at Stapleton in Denver. Um, and Roger basically said, Becky, why don't you come out, finish your degree, get your master's, teach at Ohio State if you guys aren't stuck in Denver. So we moved out here in 87. So that's how you came to make that's how roots. We- that's how we got here. Here in the great state of Ohio. Yeah. I yeah. didn't have a lot of say in the matter. Mm-hmm. Because I was seven. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven years old yeah. in 87. Yikes. Okay. That's... I can't change it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of say in that matter either. So. And you continued your education by going to Ottawa. I No, I stopped school at yeah. age seven. No. <laughs> no, no. But you went, you went, you went to a the great theater school. Off. I did. I did. Um, I didn't actually do a lot of theater growing up. We you, did mostly music. I did children's choir. Um... Columbus Children's Choir, which is at the time was Columbus Symphony Orchestra Children's Chorus. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of 
We were the elite singers in Columbus. Yeah. Um, it was a great group, but I learned tons of music there. And I think the probably one of the highlights at that point, we did, uh, we were selected as a group to sing with the Broadway tour of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Nice. So they select children's choirs from each city to come in and play those roles. So I was barely of age. I think it was like eight to 14 and I was turning 14 in about a month. Um, but we got to perform with the Broadway tour company, work with great people. And that was kind of like, this is what I want to do. So you have no regrets choosing this particular path, you know, even no. though it was even though it was kind of influenced by your parents. It wasn't. It wasn't because you think of like the show moms and show dads, and that was never the case for us. They never pushed us into anything. Um, my sister played the violin. I played the cello until I thought it wasn't cool anymore, which <laughs> that I regret because I wish I could still. Cello's rad. It really is, and it's. Of all the stringed instruments, I think it's the greatest one to play. I played it because you could wear pants during the concert. You have to sit down. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't want to wear a dress. Um, but yeah, they never pushed us into anything. Comfort, comfort's a big deal for you. Pants as opposed to dress I, in your work. I, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they just. Thanks. I'm going to play this instrument I because pants. I can wear pants. No, because I was a tomboy. <laughs> I hated dresses when I was a kid. I didn't want to wear them. I didn't like them. Yeah? Yeah. What about now? Uh, yes, I will wear dresses. To, this is an odd podcast no, no, conversation. No, no, you know, you know. We asked the dress pants question with all of our guests. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do you also wear dresses? I have. Yeah? How'd that go? <laughs> Feel good? Nice? Huh? Airy, um, breezy. Well, you know, depending. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, depending on the cut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You like the A line. Mm, yeah, and mm. the B. Mm. <laughs> this is where this goes. <laughs> I feel like the A and the B line. Is there a B line? There's, I don't know. Is there a B line in dresses? No. No. <laughs> no. I don't know what I don't know what the styles are. I just wear things. I had to wear a dress for a commercial. Yeah. Uh, one time uh, back in the er earlier days of uh, of, dressing, of, of radio, dressing. when when we were doing radio, when we were doing commercials. Okay. Yeah. The, How was that? The premise was I I thought I you look pretty. I thought I you know yeah yeah I thought, yeah, I, thought nice. I pulled it off rather well. Okay. Heels. You shave, your, shave your legs. I did not. Heels? I did not no. shave. Did you my wear legs. tights underneath? Uh, what? Tights. Tights. No. Hose? No. No. I, I did not. Uh uh. Okay. But I I think I rocked it. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. And Good. Was, yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. I had no fear. No. Mm -hmm. No fear at all. Okay. And what, what was, was the premise? What was the premise? Huh? What was the premise? What was the premise for the commercial? Yeah, uh, the actually, premise for the commercial was Dino and Stacy. Two guys walking to a bar. Right. Dino and Stacy. <laughs> what if I'm in drag? <laughs> I'm gonna wear a dress. <laughs> Every pitch. Because Stacy like... had the same. Stacy had the same dress. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, you know. Did you sing Sisters? Uh, no, we did not. Aww. Yeah. Dino mm -hmm. and Stacy, you know, work so well together, sometimes it's hard to tell the two apart. Uh, and then one night I came in with the dress. Right. That was the, that's who, whoever wrote it, that was the, that was the gag. <laughs> that was the gag. I'm in a dress. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it was a popular little spot, and people, you know, it got some buzz at the time. Yeah. But uh, it was your legs, wasn't it? I, I, uh, yeah, it might have been. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My legs have gotten better with age. Good, Good to know. <laughs> yeah. I do. They have. Do they? Is that what they do? I have. So I, I have. have that to look forward I, to. I have. Well, I don't know about you, but, you know, <laughs> I've just been fortunate. Uh, my mine, yeah. Okay. yeah. I have spectacular calves. Phenomenal. <laughs> 
I'm, again, I'm really proud of you. This is great. <laughs> My point being <laughs> is that I wore the dress I had no fear. What, what scares you? We're going right there. Yeah, what scares you when you talk about when you talk about? Oh, your, your I thought work? you meant like deep-seated fears. Oh no, like no, we heights. can go there. But what scares okay. you in respects to your work? <sighs> you know, when it comes to uh, uh, taking on a role, there's uh, there's always the imposter syndrome feeling. There's always the I'm never good enough. Um, once you have the role, though, it's kind of like okay, now you put the work in. A lot of times it's just getting the part. Can I ex explore that for just a second longer, the whole imposter syndrome? Yeah. Because our, our guest last week, George Calliotis, yeah. was on, and he, he talked about the same thing right. when it came to uh, auditions and whatnot and being in a room full of other actors and, 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 yeah. and feeling that some of those people there were bigger and better than mm -hmm. he was and feeling oh, like yeah. the imposter. But why? I mean, if this is what you studied for, is that if this is what you want to do, why would you consider yourself to be an imposter? I think because there's only so much control you can have over what happens. Um, you yourself can do a great job, but you still may be exactly what they're not looking for. And a lot of times in an audition, and I, I know film is different, but in a theatrical audition, especially musical theater, a lot of times you can hear what they're doing outside of the room. And you're sitting inside of the room, and I talk about this with my students, is like what you choose to do with, with your time in the audition room makes a big difference. Make sure it's for you, but make sure you're not being an ass. Make sure you're mm -hmm. not trying to show off. And if you have a conversation with somebody, make it about nothing regarding the... So you just, you're, you're scrutinized and constantly. So in respects to that whole imposter syndrome, have you ever auditioned for a role, gotten it, and then said to yourself, oh, shit, now what? You know? Yeah, basically every time. Every yeah. time, really? No, not every time. I know when I've earned a role, um, and I know when my work is really cut out for me, but I kind of set a standard for myself probably about seven years ago that if I'm given the script ahead of time, I will learn it ahead mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. and... Uh, make sure that I know what I'm doing because I'm not always given a lot of time. You're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you also teach. I do teach. You are the, um, what do we say? The artist art, educator. Artist educator at CATCO. You yeah. work with kids. I do. All ages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find that the fact is, does that conjure up memories of uh, doing what you did with your parents? And does that... Does not that, at all. Is there any type of transference there that... that you know, I rem I kind of remember this, you know, nope. doing this stuff with my parents, and now I'm doing it. No, because we didn't we didn't do stuff with our parents. I mean, literally, like the Pirates of Penzance, and then when we moved to Ohio, that was a, a one and done. <laughs> with with the whole fam, yeah. Um, the first show in Ohio, mom was studying at Ohio State, and we did Fiddler on the Roof there, eighty eight, and my sister and I played the youngest two sisters, and mom played Golda, the mother. Uh huh. Um, but that was the last time we actually did anything together as a family as a fam <laughs> but no after that it was it was really melissa went my sister went the kind of the instrumental route and the vocal music route and i went uh children's choir route and yeah and then started doing theater in high school so what exactly do you do as the artist educator at catco i corrupt young minds oh wonderful <laughs> yes. how's I that do. going so you that's cool. how's that going is it going great. well uh no i think Are that you good at it yeah i don't know <laughs> Uh, cor the corruption or the teaching? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. Then yes. Um, Aren't they one and the same? They yeah. kind of are, really. 
I think the thing that I want my students to come away with is that what you will learn in acting, you can take with you to anything. The skills that you learn as an actor, you will, uh, for any job, any any future career, any interview, those skills you can take in makes you a better public speaker, makes you a better listener. Makes, Confidence. Yeah. Uh, fake it till you make it. Improv, being ready for anything that comes up. Those are the skills that you learn on for the stage, but then when you put it into real life stuff, then it's like... Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, you know, and I think it prepares you for anything. So, are the kids that are there? Do they want to be there, or or the, or, or are their parents? When it, we talked about the stage moms and the stage yeah. dads that are yeah. kind of pushing their kid, thinking, you know, this is this is the direction yeah. I want them to go. Um, for me, I've lucked out in that. I would say ninety nine percent of the parents I've worked with have been very much just encouraging and if they if they reach out to me it's more just like okay what do we do now what's the best what's the best method moving forward um they want to support their kids but they're not pushing them mm -hmm. and i mean again i've lucked out a lot um but i think for me it's honestly not being raised under a stage mom that it's sort of like if I do have a parent that is saying, okay, so, you know, where do we go from here? I really think that he's made for blah, blah, blah. And I really think that he should blah, blah, blah. It's like, great. What does he want? What does he want to do? Um, so if, I, if I'm working with a private student, I'll meet with the parent and the student, but I ask the student, what do you want? Right. Um, just to make sure, because I have had and students do they in know the past, at that age? I, mean, or, or I tend it, to work with later middle school and high school kids. Okay. So... I, I don't work with little ones so much. I have little ones. I don't need any more of that in my life. But I love you guys. Um, the <laughs> this is explicit content. They won't be listening. Fuck. So uh. the, the, the older ones start to. Yeah. Um, at least to have some, some inkling, like, I'm really interested in this. I think the hard part is that we as a society set them up now the whole thing is like i want to be a youtube star that's what and my daughter my 11 year old is even saying like that's her aspiration in life is to be a youtube star well, that's what they're growing up with right and that's what they're seeing and that's what right that's what's influencing yeah. them influencing yeah. influencing them you had that much already wow oh, man yeah. well and i mean to play the devil's advocate i don't know if there's anything wrong with that per se because that is our I mean, well, I mean, I mean I'm, yeah. not, I'm not comparing an Oscar-winning performance with yeah. somebody, but you have this platform with which you can do anything. Yeah, some yeah. people just open toys and do right. whatever, but you could also give this amazing performance. I don't think the YouTube part of that is the problem. I think the star part of that is sure. the problem. Right. I mean, just like anything else in that where they say, um, I, I'm a musical theater actor, I'm going to go to Broadway. Like, that is the be-all, end-all, and that's, that's where the problem is is that that's, that isn't the be-all, end-all. Like, if you are really talented, you don't have to go to New York. You know, if you want to do film, Hollywood is not the place where it, that, that all occurs. You know what I mean? There's so many places to do acting. And same with the YouTube stars. Like, make your YouTube channel. Have fun with it. You may not be a star. You may not ever make any money with this. But while you're doing it, you may learn that you like video editing. Right. And that's something Fair that enough. you end up yeah. doing. So... I, it's hard when you when you get a, a kid that comes in and is like, my dream is Broadway. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Um, have but. you ever thought about directing? And that's that, those are the things that I try to pull out because that's, that's kind of what happened to me in college was that I was not the performance actor. So I had to do a lot of stuff outside of 
the norm to find out what I wanted to do. So you did not do a lot when you went to Otterbein, which did. has got a great theater program, yep. uh, a well mm-hmm. famously renowned one, as a matter of fact, and a lot of great people have come out of that. Absolutely, that university. So you didn't do a whole lot of the actual acting when you so, were at Otterbein, as far as the productions go. So no, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to where where that first step that you know came that turned mm-hmm. you into the actor. Yeah, me too. I don't know. No, but the, okay, so at Otterbein, um, when I started, I wanted to do theater education because I knew that there was something in me that had a knack for teaching and working with with students. So I wanted to do theater ed. And when I went in, I still had to audition for the program. And they basically said, okay, so to do theater ed here, we don't have a specific program. So you have to major in theater, you have to major in education, and then you have to do a concentration in either English or speech. And I said, well, I don't no, really you. like speech. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, I said, I don't really like speech. Communication Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was right here. Yeah. Same yeah. <laughs> And that's what I told yeah, them was like that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, I don't like speech, but I really hate English. So let's do speech. Yeah. And so I, I did my first year at Otterbein, I I was like a triple major. Um, taking education classes, taking theater classes as a BA. That was where the not the challenge, but that was where I guess I didn't realize what that felt like at Otterbein because if you are not a BFA actor, mm-hmm. chances are you're not gonna end up on the main stage. So after a year of not getting cast, not getting cast, but yet getting cast in every single senior directed workshop that was going on because they could cast BAs, I spent a year thinking, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I, I was blessed to go into Westerville North and observe and work with high school students, and I loved it. And it was like, I never want to teach in the school. So it was a great experience that really showed me, I don't want to be here. There's too many politics. That was actually the year that Columbine happened, so that was scary Right. to experience the change in just the, the high school atmosphere during lockdowns and things like that. Um, yeah, so I re-auditioned for the BFA program at the end of my freshman year, and they said, yeah, talent-wise, you're fine. We just We have the class filled up, so if anybody drops out over the summer, you'll be in. And nobody dropped out over the summer. So it was like, you know what? This is what I was supposed to do. So I went back sophomore year, and, you know, surprisingly, somebody dropped out midway through. So they invited me to join in their scene acting classes. So for the rest of my college career, it actually, I think it went better for me because I do tend to go in different directions. Um, So I was able to take acting classes with the BFA kids, and I was able to do um, an independent study in stage makeup. And take a Shakespeare study with one of the best instructors that we had. So these, all of these things I kind of called the shots on right? because I was a BA and I didn't have to take all day intensive classes and for the conservatory. When that started, when you got a taste of it, mm-hmm. as far as that, is that when you said, hey, you know? No. Uh, no, still no. No, I graduated early from Otterbein and I moved to Kentucky and did work on homes for low-income families. Because that's what you do after you graduate. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, no, I went away from it completely because I thought I was was not good enough to be an actor. So I, I have to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep asking until I land on it. What, okay. what What drew you back and brought you on stage as an actor for the very first time that you considered to be yeah. uh, uh, you know, a professional 
moment debut? What was it? Where was it? 2008, um, Ian Short, who went to Gahanna and also to Otterbein. There are a few of us that did that same right, path. Right, right, right. Um, I ran into him at a funeral, sadly, but I just said, I kind of, I miss it. I want to, I want to get back involved. And he said, Hey, my buddy and I just started this theater company called Available Light. We're holding auditions with a new company called Evolution Theater Company. Mm-hmm. Um, you should come out. So that was, that was 2008. Uh, I had a one and a half year old at home, did a monologue, got called back and got the lead in Little Dog Laughed, which was an incredible show. Uh, great people within it. And it was like, oh, why did I wait to do this? this so, long. yeah. So 2008, I did a couple shows that year. Did one in 2009. Got knocked up again. Took a little time off. Um, <laughs> is that bad? Should I not say that? No. No, it's refreshingly sorry, sorry. Uh, honest. Uh, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got knocked up again. <clears throat> like The way you say it, it's like, you, you know, you had no choice in the matter, which sounds bizarre. <laughs> I mean, there was alcohol involved. I mean, I probably remember it, but... That's, that's more Sorry, a honey, pleasant way to say it than your husband's yeah. thinking. Even. He's so, like, yeah. wow, yeah. that's awful. And then when the children watch this year's sure. down the line. Right. So then <laughs> after my son was born, um, 2013, I auditioned for CatCo for the first time. So that was sort of the first professional okay. acting gig. But, you know, leading up to it, a lot yeah. of great stuff leading up to it. Yeah, there was some good stuff it. leading up to it. And you haven't looked back, really. Sometimes you know, I do. Sometimes you look back and yeah. what, how? No, it's... As far as the experiences or, I mean, you're constantly, you're still moving forward is what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's no something new. You have no intentions of giving this up. No. Mm-mm. No, and I think that as a teacher, I need to be relevant. Um, if I'm telling these kids about auditioning, mm-hmm. I should be auditioning. If I'm telling them about these are tactics to try, I need to be doing the fucking work. You know what I mean? Ooh, this is kicking in. I'm saying that. <laughs> um, fuck. So the, but that's just it, is that I, I don't want to be irrelevant to what they are seeing. And I, to me, a good teacher is one that's still learning herself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Experience I, I, is more valuable than anything yeah. you can find in a book. For this sure. yeah. might not be a fair question, mm. but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Goody. Uh, okay. As far as your opinion goes now. You know, most of your work is on stage. You said mm-hmm. you haven't done a lot of uh, on-camera work. Yeah, I've seen a little bit some here commercials and here and there. But yeah. do you think that the theater is far more generous to a woman mm-hmm. as far as as far as roles than 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 say Hollywood? Because they in Hollywood they always talk about how women reach a certain age, and you know, and then yeah. it's harder for older women to to get parts in Hollywood. I mean, that's been the, you know, the, the, the rap on that particular thing. Is the yeah. theater more generous? I think the main difference is that in theater, you have different facets of it. On film, you have film. You're going to be on the camera. That's, mm-hmm. that's the only option. In theater, you can do a regional theater. You can do an off-Broadway. You can do a small local community theater gig. It just depends on how professional you want to go with it. So if you are... You know, for me, I need to get paid to do what I do. So there's only certain places I can work at this point. There's a lot of roles that are out there, but it requires like, okay, am I cool to not get paid or to get paid a stipend or, and that's just me because I have a family and I have work and I need to be paid for what I do. So, but I think 
in a way it is more generous. You just have to decide how professional or un, I don't want to say unprofessional, but how much you want to get paid. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for Hollywood, I, I, meant, I meant as far, I, I guess I meant more like in, in the fact that, you know, the, in the roles and, 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 and it's less of a look. Yeah. For sure. I mean, because if you're playing, you know, if you're 60 years old and there's a 60 year old part, you don't have to look one specific way. You can be right. a different color. You can be a different height. You, there's there's a little more leeway on that because you're on a stage as opposed to on a camera where it's like, no, nope, we need a specific look. That is a 60 year old woman. And this is me on the outside looking in. So I'm kind of fascinated by the process. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, I haven't done it. Right. So, uh, how much does it really change from night to night with a role and and a character? I mean, what are some? Do you, do you discover nuances as you go through you a should. run? You should. You should. You should. If you're doing it right, you should. So you should find little things to, that you can tweak and do differently. And does that keep it fresh? It for should. You? <laughs> it should. So if it doesn't, are you are you are you doing it wrong? Are you doing no, it badly? Because, uh, because... Are you walking through it? <laughs> With the stage, every night's going to be different because you have a different audience and you have different things going on and you have an actor that's had a horrible day coming in and that's going to affect their performance. Therefore, it's affecting your performance. I can understand that as far as stand-up goes. Yes, yeah. so the crowds are different every night or every week and something can affect you before you go up on stage. I've experienced that. But as yeah. far as you know, what you do, do you like you... you even while you're in the, in the, in the midst of it mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. have you ever like... Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a little bulb that's gone off and you're yeah. like, oh, I've never I, noticed that before. I, yeah. I, I, I have never, yeah. And now I, yeah. I, I make a mental note. And, but then again, how do you make a mental note when you have to stay in the moment with the lines and so it's, forth and so on? And oh, oh my God, yeah. it, it's, 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 but it's not, as I said before, nothing but respect and admiration for what you, you, you like guys do feel like we're in karate on the stage. Seriously. Uh, I am it, constantly mesmerized by that process. I think because you haven't done it. I really, truly think the only reason that you say that is because you haven't tried it. No, I think I'd still Have say you, it. You've never been in a play? No. Never? No, like no, a, a real theater production? Not that I'm aware of. Because the thing is, is that <laughs> like all of these things that you say, like all that you're describing, though, is active listening. Because what happens on when you're on, you've got to be listening. Um things are going to change. Things are going to be different. So it's just literally staying in the moment. It's not making a mental note. It's that in that moment, you're listening to what the other actors are doing. You're listening to what's happening. You're listening to the laughter. So it's just active listening and responding to that. How deep do you go into a role when you get one? Um, I do a lot of pre-work. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there's... There's an acting philosophy. I would love to hear it, please. <clears throat> Uta Hagen. Uta Hagen. Uta. Okay, no, Maybe Hagen. Uta Hagen. Uta Hagen. I just like saying it. This is good stuff. Um, the <laughs> Lover yogurt. I'm kidding. Sorry? <laughs> Uta Hagen. <laughs> what? Uta Hagen das. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That didn't work I at know. all. Uh-uh. I know. No, it's, that's that's a bad dad joke I, I think was... I've ever heard you tell. <laughs> When a dad joke fails that you don't even understand it, that's pretty bad. Come on, do you know? <laughs> when, when the whole si- stick with the theater. If you have to explain your dad joke, is not good. No. I apologize. Tell me her philosophy. 
there are nine questions, and and people have developed it into like lists and lists of questions. But it's digging into the character to make the character a part of you. Mm-hmm. So you get as much information as you can from the script, but then you can fill in the other pieces. So that's that's kind of the pre-work, and really what we have to figure out is the overarching objective, the why. Because the character has a why. There's there's a reason that they're speaking everything they're speaking. There's a reason that they're on stage when they're on. There's a reason they're off when they're off. So it's it's digging in and in incorporating yourself into that character. Actually, I find that uh, amazing, but I also find it very scary and overwhelming. The beautiful part is that the information that's in the script you've got. So it's almost like you have a guide to so much, and the rest of it you can make up. You just have to believe it. Mm-hmm. So if you know the era that the character's in, you can figure out, okay, but they were born in blah, blah, blah in this year. And we know how old they are, so you know what year they were born. Okay, so they were born here. Who were they born to? So you figure out the family relationship. Do I have anything from the script that says anything to that? No. But I can figure out if this character is majorly screwed up, what happened in my childhood that brought me to this place of remorse and guilt and all of that stuff? So it... It's weird. We're it's weird. It's going be fun, too. It is. And it's not, and that's the beautiful part when I work with students is like, why, why are you saying this? And they're like, I don't know. No, figure out why you're saying this. But I don't know. You got to figure that out and you have to believe it. Yeah. Because if, if you believe in what you are speaking, it portrays on, not necessarily that the audience is like, oh, she was abused as a child by her uncle. They may not know that. But if I know that in my mind, and that's what af- affects, it, it affects me in that how, moment, how you, how yeah, you then I am believable in what I do. Yeah. Um, do you get attached to your roles? No. No. I don't remember a show once it's done. Really? <laughs> no. Because that, that was that was one of my questions. No. Is there is there any type when you when you finish a, a run? Yeah. Uh, and you're and you're done. Do you get sad? I get sad because I'm saying goodbye to the people and the experience. Yeah. But I don't hold on to roles. Mm-mm. No, no. So, is there any? So, uh, my one of my other questions was: Has there been any roles that you wish you could go back and do again? Oh yeah, townsperson too. <laughs> the pirates are coming. The pirates. Townsperson number two. <laughs> I believe townsperson number two was my. When I die, it's going to be my swan song. No, yeah, I'm towns- so, you know, no. Roles, roles that you've done that you'd yeah. like to take another crack at. Yeah. And for what reason? Because you enjoy doing it or because you think you could do it better? I can do it better. I can make it different. It's Especially if you have a different cast or different people. Um, it's a whole different energy, right? Yeah, it really is. It makes a huge difference. So, But once so, you're done, you're done. You walk away. Sadly. But again, it, for me, it's the people and the experience that I miss as opposed to oh, I can't wait to become this person every night. But that's because I'm an extrovert and I take in the experience more so than just just the role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does it affect you? Does a full house as opposed to a, a light house make any difference on, on, on your energy on stage? I mean, you look out, you peek out there, oh man, we're packed tonight. And you peek out there like, there's only four people. Hmm. <laughs> that's happened um does it does it does yeah. it mentally affect you yeah it does it does and i try not to let it once you get out but i mean if you if you've got 12 people and they're laughing hysterically that's amazing and if you've got 80 and they're silent it's like oh mm-hmm. okay but you can't we do i mean we all say we don't but you can't let it affect you but it does you know 
we're human. Yeah. I'm like, laugh for me, please. I'm but you don't, I, you don't. I don't say that now. But you don't work any less I'd harder. Like, I would like to say that I don't, but I think it naturally happens sometimes too. Because when you come back, you know, when you're sitting backstage and the other actors come back, they're like, ugh, they're dead out there. You're just, it's just a sinking feeling. Or it's like, ugh, nobody's here. It's hard. It's hard to separate yourself it's, from it's, that. It's harder to make four people laugh in stand-up than it is, right. you know, 400. Uh, yeah. Because uh, in that particular world, you know, there's people feel comfortable being in a large group. Yeah. And, and when they laugh, there you know there's other people right. laughing with. There's nobody, nobody. You don't really you don't know feel who the laugh leader is. Weird about yeah. Poor people. If I laugh, then oh, well, <laughs> they're not laughing. Ooh, and was that bad? Yeah, I've done you know, yeah. Not, and they kind of clam up. It, it is kind of yeah. a societal type of uh, interesting thing to observe. It is, yeah. And you know, contrary to popular belief, it's not like oh, I don't see the audience. No, I freaking see the audience. I know who's there. I take a peek out. I want to see who's there. And a lot of actors don't. They're like, oh, I don't, don't tell me when somebody's in the audience. I don't want to know. I'm like, tell me when you're coming because I'll do a better job knowing you're there. But that's, that's the people pleaser in me. So, yeah. Uh, the, the people pleaser in you? Oh, yeah. Why? Is that what you, you Severely. Is, that, is that part of your nature? You, uh -huh. like to, you like to be a people pleaser? Yeah. I feel like everything? I'm on a psychiatrist's couch now. Yeah. 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 No, seriously. No, I do. I don't. I, I, I get it. I, I get know. it. I, I get very, the, stressed out if mm -hmm. someone's disappointed in me yeah so you know I, I i feel a need to sometimes you know cover all the bases and make everybody happy yeah i do too so does that translate into your work as well obviously yeah um, i mean in life and work yeah it does it does i think trying to be the best all the time um trying not to disappoint trying to give 100 percent when i'm in there instead of letting my day and there there's been a lot of experiences where stuff outside of the theater is not going well mm -hmm. but and does that affect i can't you, let it but does it um i think one of the most interesting experiences was probably what year was that 20 i don't know i've had alcohol um a couple years back we did cats at cct i am not a dancer so that was and we were in spandex dear lord no um <laughs> wait a minute earlier you said you love pants yeah, not spandex. <laughs> There's a difference between pants and spandex. I don't know. Yeah, don't find out, because it's not fun. It's terrible. Gracious. <laughs> don't they make spandex pants? I will never forget. Come, this, is, this shouldn't come on the podcast. It can be on the it's podcast. It's on the podcast. It's on. The first time that, that I got the costume to try on. Uh-huh. I couldn't go out of the dressing room. Because? My, my director was like, can you just come out? Like, nope. He goes, what's wrong? I was like, um, it's a little small. He's like, yeah. I said, you know that animal in the desert that has humps on it? I'm not coming out. My students are out there. Yeah. So the spandex brings people together. Anyway. Back to where I was, because <laughs> we had to bring a camel toe. You were this. doing but cats, you're not a dancer. Not I'm a dancer. Sorry, yes. No, we were doing cats, which was, we had an amazing ensemble. Uh, we all really gelled. We had a great performance. <laughs> 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 it's hump day. It's uh, hump day. <laughs> and I'm picturing all of them on the same uh, dancing. Right. Aren't you glad we brought vaginas? Uh, into this? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. How 
said the word. Everybody was just having a moment to themselves. Uh, I think you're talking about vaginas. I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> John you weren't in the spandex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you were in slacks right. over there, buddy. Right. Yeah, John Whitney. <clears throat> yeah. Do you find that your vagina is troubled with, 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 the, with the wearing of spandex? And many of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to talk about that? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I... Uh, so how do you like the whiskey? <laughs> it's really warm. Am I getting pinker as we go along? Okay, so, but no, you asked, like, yes, is, it, is it possible to separate from something? Um, and that actually was really kind of an interesting experience. Do you want me to say vagina again? <laughs> um, <laughs> we, the week before we opened, we opened on a Thursday. And the Thursday before, my granddad, who was basically a second dad to me, um, went into hospice. So it was kind of just like, oh, shoot. Um, and I remembered like really thinking and praying, like, please just let him make it through the run. Cause I didn't want to have to deal with that during that time. Um, so he went into hospice f- for real on a, the Monday. We opened Thursday. <clears throat> Phenomenal opening night. It was great. Like packed house. The show was amazing. Um, and I went down right after the show to get out of makeup and to get out of the wig, and I picked up my phone, and I had a message from my cousin that said, hey, just wanted to know if you know details about Granddad's funeral. Oh, Um, man. I'm thankful I saw it at the end of the show, but I didn't check my phone during the show, but Granddad died opening night. Um, Yay, alcohol makes you cry. But the uh, immediately everybody knowing that night was so helpful because I told a couple people, which they spread around. It was like, I got to go. I can't go out. Went home because I called home and my husband's like, when are you coming home? I said, what happened with Granite? When are you coming home? So it was just kind of like trying to get details. And um, yeah, so coming back the next night and the right. role that I played in the show has, I played um, Jelly Lorem and she sings a song called Gus the Theater Cat. And my good friend Stuart played Gus, who is an aging, very much aging cat. And from the beginning, and I had always seen that as granddad. And my sister had too, so my sister came and saw, like the next week, she's just sobbing when all of this is going on. But it was always because he had, he sings in the song, he has the, the tremors right. that makes his paw shake. And granddad had tremors for such a long time. So it always made me think of him. So having to go in, and even Stuart knew that this character I based around my relationship with my own granddad to sing that song where Gus is essentially close to death right? and really relishing his time that he was in the theater in his youth. So it, it was enough. The first couple of nights, I, I literally had to just shut myself off to that. Um, it was like, no, I can't, I can't be Krista in this moment. Because you want to bring a part of yourself into every role you do. Do you? Yeah, I do. Uh, but at that point, I, d- I did have to literally shut off. And there were a couple moments where it's like, I need to mentally just shut off. Because it's I can't. Theater should not be therapy. In any way. But it can it, be. Cath- but does it unconsciously become that? I think it unconsciously brings things up that you should take to a therapist. <laughs> I don't. I do. No, I really do. I. Th- I don't think you're talking to a stand-up comedian here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Which yeah. Because a lot of people say that we, who go up on stage and do stand-up, are you know pretty much that audience is our couch. You know, sometimes. Right, and I think that. While theater should be cathartic and while it should help you work things out in your mm-hmm. life, 
it's not therapy because there's nobody there. It's great. And I, and I remember times in college where you're digging into these characters and you're sobbing because you're bringing up stuff that is so painful from your past to put into a character. So and how all, is that not therapy? Because then they're like, then use it. But then it's use just it. there. It's just sitting. It's not solving it. It's bringing it up and putting it in the air just to hang there. And that's not, that's not therapeutic. That's bringing stuff up and not making Resolving. it any better. There's no resolution. No. So the show's going to be over and you're still going to be. You're still happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, I mean, first off, every actor should be in therapy no matter what because we are bringing <laughs> stuff up. I am. Thank you. Um, but to, to be able to bring something. So, so like with that show, um, dealing with, with the death of my granddad during that time, like he passed on opening night. His funeral was the night before we opened again the next weekend. So mm -hmm. it was just like mm -hmm. ugh, bringing it up, but then having this realization of like, though I put him in this position, this isn't my granddad. And I can, I, I can mourn and I can allow, by the second weekend, I allowed myself to be just a little bit in touch with that, to mourn on stage. But I was mourning the loss of the cat character, I, I, so I, I could I could transfer it back. It wasn't that I was having my sobbing moments. Of you my weren't granddad. doing the full transference. Of no, grandpa. I don't think yeah. that's safe. Because first off, granddad's not a cat. He never was, and that shouldn't be the way it is. Mm -hmm. And it's also like I'm dealing with the death of a human, and even though there are traits in this character, mm -hmm. it's not my granddad. It's completely different. Um, Nice. Doesn't everybody have a different approach? Everybody does. Everybody Mine is completely different. Than, than say, you know, some Because for, honestly, I, I think I am a little bit different. A lot of actors are introverts. A lot of actors will really spend a lot of time digging so much into their craft that they literally become the character, mm -hmm. method acting. I see that to a point, but I also see you have to still be a person when you walk out the doors. So you don't consider yourself to be an introvert in life? At all. At no. all. Really? Yeah. No. 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 Not at all. No. Do you, do you are do you consider yourself to be an extrovert uh, as a as a protective device? Is it easier to be an extrovert? Yeah. Yeah. Is Absolutely. That, yeah? I don't like alone time. I no? never have. Uh -uh. Oh, see, I I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I you don't. don't you don't like? Nope. I don't like quiet time. I don't like alone time. I don't want to meditate and do yoga. Uh huh. No. I want to punch things and have the music loud like. I want to talk to people. I want to do a group. You got to, do you feel you have to constantly be in motion? Not emotional, no. No, no not emotional, in motion. In motion, in motion thank in you. In motion, not emotion. Yeah, yeah, I don't sit still very well. Yeah. <laughs> and if I am, I'm doing something that is distracting from just being. Mm -hmm. So it's probably very unhealthy. So not necessarily. If it my works. counselor has much more fodder to deal oh, with. Yeah. Counselor. So yeah, you mentioned your therapy. Yeah. Does it work? Well, I just, started back i mean it's it should be a constant thing i don't really think that i've been in it yeah i've 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 worn out therapists well done you over the oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i've actually had, i've actually had a therapist say i can't uh yeah i i got i got nothing left <laughs> i need to i need to i, I need, can't deal with it <laughs> i need i need to send you to somebody at a different skill set. Okay. You know, I call my colleague on this one. I would take that. At, I don't think that's an insult. I would no. be like, thank you. And he made a joke. He kind of made a joke. And when he said that to me, he, 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 uh, 
he he was he reached into a drawer and I go I, I, I and he said is that is that my file? He goes no this is this is your drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Just take, that was a just long take time it ago. as a compliment. And, I, and, I, and I've made a lot of progress yeah. since those those troubled times. But um, I, I do think, as an actor, I think it is wise for actors to be in therapy because we are bringing up so much. And we do say you need to... But it's not necessary. Do you think it's necessary? Everybody's got junk. Sure. But Even does, if everybody, you don't have does everybody need to go to somebody else with their junk? Not necessarily a therapist, but somebody that's enough outside of your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one thing that I tell my college kids or going into college kids, make some friends outside of the theater department so, so that you know people that are not dealing with your day-to-day world 24-7. So are you basically saying that what everybody needs is somebody else that has some objectivity? Everybody wants somebody to love sometimes. Right. Can I have some, some objectivity? Is that a song? Is that a song? Somebody, no. Somebody that, that, you know, can, can, can listen and and not be uh, emotionally attached or involved and can maybe give you answers. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. uh, you know. No, I fully think that that's, it's huge. Especially to have some people in your life that aren't involved in theater. Mm-hmm. My gosh. I mean, we, yes, we have a flair for the dramatic, but it's, it's also like, <laughs> my best friend in college was a dance minor but a PR major, so she knew enough of the theatrical world to understand where I was coming from when I had frustrations, but enough to say, listen, there's life outside of here. Like, there you go. look at it from here. Like, take this perspective. You kind of glazed over it a little bit, but I, I, I do did a lot not. of glazing. Huh? I glaze a lot. You glaze yeah. a lot? You like yeah. to sing. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're a better singer than you are an oh, actor? Oh, gosh, no. No? But no. you love to sing. And you have a good voice. Thank you. You do. Yeah. Now, as far as the singing, is that intimidating? Yes. Ha- with the fact that your mother was yes. and uh, is an opera singer. Yes. You know. So does that? Yes. Is that like, oh, why do I even bother? Um, for a long time, I thought that was the only reason that I was making the choirs and making. Uh, I see. Because I was, <laughs> because I was Rebecca's daughter. Right. Um, and while I don't think that that was the case, it was. That's kind of what I always thought. And getting into Otterbein because she taught there. So that was... So there's some self There was, You never yeah. really think you earned it. I never, I've Once never again, felt good enough. Back to the imposter yes. thing. Yeah. That it was like, oh, because of your name. And because even to this day, people are like, oh, you're Rebecca's daughter if they know my mom. They're mm-hmm. like, well, she must have trained you. No. no. We never studied together a day in my life. Did she want to? No. And I didn't want her to. Because that's not what you do. Like, I, I didn't want to be an opera singer. I wanted to do musical theater, and she, she's an opera singer. I wouldn't listen to her, and she wouldn't want to work with me, so we never worked together. She, she taught literally down the hallway in college when I took from my voice teacher in college. Does she, did, has, she, has she come to your performances and seen everyone. you? Everyone. Yeah, everyone? everyone. Yeah. So is she critical? No. She never has been. She's extremely supportive, extremely loving. I mean, Mom is... Mom's phenomenal, and she's just she's let me go my own way, um, and I I think I appreciate that more. Is like try it out. If you succeed, I I'm so excited for you. If you fail, I'm so sorry for you. I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. But it was never like mm, you need to try this avenue. You need to do this. I've probably done more shows that she's like, oh Krista, <laughs> that's a naughty show. That's a, well, you did the full Monty. 
I did, but I kept my clothes on. Yeah. She wore spandex. <laughs> Shut up. There was no spandex. <laughs> Back to the spandex. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I hate cliche questions, but I yeah. am curious in respects to you when mm-hmm. I say this. A favorite role? Um, That's not hard, actually. Probably the first favorite is always going to be... Don't say Townsend person number two. Townsperson number two and Pirates uh, of Penzance. I'd like to go back and do that again. I, is this I, what I you're going to call me? Like, you're going to see me in the street yeah, and you're hey, going to call me, hey, Townsperson number two, you're so good on stage with your yeah. sister. Um, the first professional show I got to do in Columbus was Avenue Q with Catco. Oh, cool. Fun um, show. Hardest I'd ever worked for an audition. And... I was replacing somebody. So they did the show for a full run and they were revamping it the next year. And the lead gal, Carmen, was not able to come back. She was pregnant at the time. So all they had to replace was the lead role. Mm -hmm. They weren't auditioned. Everybody else was able to come back. Um, So they auditioned for Kate Monster slash Lucy the Slut. And that was my role. And that was your. And that's what. That's your that favorite one. That is one of my. So one that's of my, what I'm going to call you on the street. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy the slut. I will hey, throw a punch Lucy you. The slut. <laughs> I think I'd rather be townsperson too at that point. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that not only getting into that show and making my first professional show, but uh, my husband and I, when we got married, we went to New York for our honeymoon nice. and we saw Avenue Q, which was still in its in its running at the time, still had a couple of the original cast members in it. So it was one of my favorite shows, something I worked really hard for. So Kate slash Lucy the Slut mm-hmm. in Avenue Q, definitely a favorite. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, would you prefer, moving forward, if you mm-hmm. know if someone says to you, Krista, here's, here's a, a, a dramatic role that we want you to do, but at the same time, here's also this great part in this musical that we want you to do. Which one do you choose? I don't. I say who's paying me. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> no. You know, your heart doesn't lean one way or the other? Well, but first because off, you love to sing. I do, but I've always there's always a part of me that feels more comfortable in straight acting. Yeah? There is. Um, singing, I, I feel like shows where I get to sing are a little bit easier because there's slightly less to learn okay at least because you learn the music and then right parts in between um whereas a straight play you just have a lot of lines to learn through there right i that's not a decision i could make unless you said this show this role versus the show this role i gotcha and how are you enjoying here we go hansberry Uh oh Uh, i don't know i'm not wearing spandex How are you enjoying your role as a podcaster? Oh, <laughs> oh yes, look yes, at that transition. That was good. I was like, townsperson number two? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really lost on that one. I really, I feel like that's all I am to you now. Uh, and Lucy the Slut. And yeah. Lucy the Slut. Uh, wow. My resume has just gone <laughs> to shit. How are you enjoying your role oh as a podcaster? Gosh. Speak Pod, easily. Uh, it is so much fun. Speak easily is a wonderful podcast. Let me just say right out of the gate. You do a wonderful job. A great name. It's mm-hmm. kind of in tune with Thank the uh, kind of the bar. It is. It is. A oh, good... who gave that name? Oh, are you kidding me? You <laughs> named that? You named it? Did he name it? I sort of named. Sort it. of. Yeah. I. I um, we tossed around some we, really what would have been we, super we, fucking cool names. But yeah, we did. Like, then, do you remember any we, of them? It was we, something about we, Oprah. That was a fun one. But we. we but then you landed on. I. I, I don't think I. I don't think I said was. It was. It, it won. 
speak easy. Speak we easy started was with. It was. And then you yeah. just change, you put easily, which is better. Yeah. But sp- speak easy. Yeah. Speak easy was yeah. what I said yeah. initially, and then you went with easily. But I like easily better. And I so did, you just yeah because I didn't want it to whatever be whatever my thought was like the. It only has to be about alcohol because that's not. No, 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 And no, it no. hasn't been at no, all. No, it has not. No. And I'm, yeah. Much like this one is not, you know, a podcast, not so much about whiskey as it is one. That's a good tagline. Whiskey. You should use that sometime. Yeah, I should. So, yeah, Speak Easily is, is doing very well. You have great guests. I had the pleasure, we mentioned this, of being your first yeah. guest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've had, I, I everybody has been phenomenal. Yeah. Every single guest well, has blown you, me and away. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job. No, I mean, no, 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 you talk, you, no, you, no, 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 no. You talk about progression, you know, and uh, getting better at something. You know, I, I was your first guest and I tried to make it as easy as I could. Yeah, you threw me off. As, as I could. You talked about a plug in the wall vagina. Again, we come back to vagina. Vagina, we, we said it again. We broke the record for vagina <laughs> and, and whiskey business. This is like four times. This is great, isn't it? at least, at least. Well, good. This is why I bring the femininity on here. I didn't mean to throw you off. I was making. No, it was great. I, I was making a Jaws reference. <laughs> it was it was well done, really. <laughs> and the, it was very I, I know, well done. Whitney's, Whitney's trying to figure out where, how does a plug in the wall vagina relate to Jaws? But, but, but somehow you it have does. to listen to that first podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find out how. But but I also think that it was it only threw me off because I was stupidly nervous for it, and you even chastised me like there's no reason to be nervous like this is just just make it yeah, no you didn't chastise I didn't me but it was you. it was kind of like you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine and you have been fine you've been great thank you so people you should listen to speak easily with Chris Stoffer. Uh, as well as far as podcasts because she does have very interesting guests and you're doing a great we job. We do. We've had amazing people on that. Yeah. Do you like being, do you, are, oh are you enjoying gosh. Are you enjoying that role? It is the highlight every time I get to do it. Fun, isn't it? It really is. And it's not, I think part of it is that because uh, Ben, who's my producer, is so supportive and we've been friends since ninth grade, like it's not a, it's not a challenge. It's not hard. And the people that have come out of the woodwork, my stepdad asked to be on my podcast. That's so. nice. <laughs> I'm trying to convince my mother to my be My mom a, is going to be on mine. On my podcast. For Mother's she's, Day. She's coming up for she's coming up from Florida for Greek Easter. Aww. So Yeah, you need to get her. Uh, I need to have her sitting where you're sitting yeah. and, and ask the hard questions. What are you are you gonna Push whiskey down her throat. Uh, I'm not going to push whiskey down her throat. She'll she'll she'll, she'll, do her own. <laughs> she'll do it on her own. I'll have to make her a highball. Make me a highball, honey. What's that? A highball is just a, a whiskey. Uh, the seven seven is Seagram seven okay. and seven up. Um, That's what my granddad used to drink. Yeah, but yeah. since we've had Seagram's seven on the show, we'll probably go with another uh, cheap whiskey like uh, Canadian Club. Okay. And, and, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and seven up. I think know. I've had that before. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that with mom, Bad. and then we'll get her all loosened up, and mm-hmm. and I'll be able to fill in some of the holes of. of of my childhood that oh gosh are black talk about therapy seriously <laughs> yeah episode I'm six I'm sorry mom I'm sorry so you know it was right you never loved me <laughs> so you know how we talked about that bringing that stuff up and talking it out with somebody that right. maybe something wise to plan for I had four with my to mother. plan for afterward yeah oh what a the, therapy session that'd be fine it'll so, be yeah. good no, podcasting is brilliant, so, and you were a huge supporter from the beginning and, and no. influence. No, you really were. You were. 
And loosely, what's like, what's the, what do you talk about? What is it? Was there a loose theme? That's or you the just funny. Whatever, there's there's an ex- nothing. There's a barely, barely there theme. Um, Which is? She talks to interesting people. We just talk. Easily. Easily. Um, the, easily. The only question, and he said at the beginning, just plan out a couple of questions to ask every guest and go from there. And I had a list of three questions to mm-hmm. start with. That's all I have. And I've never done those three ever again. Um, the only question that I ask every guest is how did you get to Columbus? Because for some reason I, I, I want people on there that have a Columbus connection. And so either how did you come here or how did you get here or what's your story here? And I think that's a great, I think that's a great device to yeah. include in, yeah. in every podcast. I think that works out wonderfully. Cause we had the cast of the opera. Mm-hmm. I did an opera with opera Columbus and, um, the people that were on the podcast, there were only two of us that were even from Ohio. I was the only one from Columbus, but we had one from uh, Philly, and we had one from uh, initially from Iowa, but now Los Angeles. And the composer was from Ohio for a little while, but she lives in Seattle now. So it was just kind of like, you're not really in Ohio, but we were doing an opera about the Columbus area. So mm. there's there's something that, and the, the cool thing about the podcast is we've had people from all over all of, we have a we have a constant listener from Barbados. So whoever yeah. you are, like we we have that. Too. That's we, amazing. We, we've had pe- we've got people that listen in in England and yeah. one was in Australia. I I, I, like, I wonder how they find it, but thank you for finding it. I just, yeah. yeah. Like well, I don't know why you care about Columbus. There's there's one guy that that is. I don't on even our, think it's about Columbus no, per se because it's the, 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 it's the yeah. people it's the people you interview and their stories yeah. they just happen to be in Columbus and, right. and that and that question what brought you to yeah. you know is, is a great running theme yeah. as far as one question but mm-hmm. you get into so many other fun things you're doing you're doing a great job with it you really Thank are you, sir. do you like being a guest not as much as being the, no this is fine yeah yeah but I you told me. And I'm going to bust you out. Thank you. You, uh, you know, you, you told me you were reluctant to do this because you didn't think you could bring anything to I the don't. whiskey business table. I don't. I'm just me. Well, like, you know what? I I like just me's. I like the fi- I like I like just me's uh, talking to just me's. It doesn't have to. You know, I have found out. You know, we're friends, and I have found out. Yeah. A, a lot of other things yeah. about you through this podcast. Right. You know that that I didn't know. Right, and I found the same with you. Yeah, but. So it's interesting. It is. And also, you're not a whiskey drinker. Am but I not? you are, you do have a, a mm. nose and a palate for I wine. I have one. It's right here. Yes, I know. Look at me. Look <laughs> at my nose. Here it is. No, Dad jokes. but wine, Dad wine, jokes. wine, wine is your thing. M- wine is my thing. But it's, but was, this is, was it, my thing. Was your thing, yeah. but you, it's still in your skill set. It's in my, it's in my system for life. It's yeah. in your skill set. You can, you know, a good bouquet. There are four steps to wine tasting. The see, the swirl, the sniff, and the sip. Okay. And I would think that... Not that much different. Right. So did you pick up any notes when you were when you were uh, drinking Okay, the so whiskey? the harder part of this is there's an ice cube in it. So right. I can't... Right. But sometimes the ice caramel. cube... Sometimes the it's, ice... It's sweet off top, yeah. Yeah. It is a, it is a very sweet... Um, it is a sweet bourbon. So I do know that when you are... When you're sniffing it, I will do my best to... So the swirl we can't do. The swirl is essentially to aerate, which puts the... The legs? uh, The legs you want to check. That's the C. The legs are going to tell you, typically on a wine, they're going to tell you the uh, sugar content or the alcohol content. Mm -hmm. So that's what you want to look for. 
I don't know if it's the same. Um, when you do the swirl, you're oxygenating. You're putting out that into the glass oh, yeah. so that you can sometimes get the real aroma, sniff out. The ice or the water in, in opens, that can affect op- it. opens it up it, it does open it up. It, it, it can't open some Do you mind up, pouring yeah. me a little more while I talk about the steps? Uh, well, look at what's look happening at here. Let's see. Yeah. You, can, so, yeah. you, you can pour your own. Go ahead. Oh, gracious <laughs> me. Go ahead. You decide. Go, 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 go. Nothing like this at all. You go ahead, Lucy. This is not... Okay, we can end this right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, in, in comedy, we call that a callback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in acting, we call that fuck you. Um, oh, we... <laughs> damn. Oh, I get the fuck you. He says it three times, but you leave the charming producer. You don't give him any shit at all. You throw it back He's on me. He's producing. He is yeah. making this happen. Oh, You're yeah. just talking. I'm just talking. That's I all I do. I have a producer who That's can a... shut me off at any time. There's one button. I just got one button to push. That's all. That's all I need. When I text you that day, Johnny, Dean, you, why don't you just, just talk? That's what you do. That's what you do well. You just don't talk. worry just about don't the technical aspect. Else. Yeah. Yeah. So you when just talk you, pretty. Okay. Go back. Going back to... To, to really getting I a taste of this. Told me to fuck you. She I love that. you. Shut up. She said fuck me. Oh my gosh. I didn't say fuck me. I said, fuck, I said you. fuck you. You said fuck you. No, there's a big difference. So when you sniff, when you do the wine sniffing, and I'm going to try this with the whiskey because I think it's different. Okay. When you sniff, you're supposed to actually sniff continuously from the top of the rim down because mm-hmm. it's pull the flavors out enough. Right. And it does that with this too. So I yeah, smell different flavors from the top yeah, down. We also do, but also we also do. We also uh, also open have mouth. open so, mouth. Yeah, we have yeah. open mouth. Yep. And, so and, that you get the yes. full both senses when, when at the same time. You're, you're so, uh, so yeah, I, I think that you would do very well in distinguishing uh, certain when, what things do do? that are involved. You would pick up on banana and nuts and, and and the sweetness. You would you. I think if you continued to drink banana, really? Oh, I I do. I like personally. that. Sure, I could see that now. I, a little it's, bit of banana. And it's sweet. hard because and, and, when and, and, I and nutty. when I drink wine and I let it slide over my tongue, I can taste more. This is just more like boom, bam. Yeah. The aftertaste is more where you kind of get that. Because with wine, you want to let it slide over all sides of your tongue to make sure you're getting sure. the bitter and the salty and the, the sweet. This is like on every ounce. So I can still actually feel it on the sides of my tongue when I just did that. That's why I'm blinking my eyes consistently. Can you see this? This is good. Yeah. It's a little more alcohol in there than there is wine there. Yeah. As we as we start to... Are you going to do the sniffing? He's going to do it all. <laughs> It really does, though, doesn't yeah, it? Does, yeah, it does. Yeah, And now I actually it's smell good. banana this time. Now that you say that. Well, I didn't mean You I, could I, also I, say school bus exhaust, and I would probably yeah, say the yes. same thing. So. Cashew? Cashew? Oh, let's see. Uh, people without deodorant. Yeah, there it is. Oh, mm, man. Yeah. We, we Get got, behind the line. <laughs> Uh, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. This has been honestly, it's been it's been delightful. Thank um, you. We want to thank uh, Middle West Spirits. Come for, on the podcast for the straight weeded bourbon whiskey that yeah. we've uh, it discussed. It is phenomenal. And I'll say it again: it is a just a out. It's very good mm-hmm. front ploy just to get you folks on the podcast. And I'm not a bourbon whiskey drinker at all. Mm-hmm. This is great. That's like nice. it's not It's very nice. It's an award yeah. winner too. It's an award winner. It won the silver medal. It won a silver medal. Okay. What? No, keep going. Go ahead. What was I say they have a new bottle? You remember it used to be like the black bottle in not that correct? Yeah. Oh, you talking about the uh, you talking about about uh Oyo? Yeah, that's that's something different. That's same, different. Sa- same 
They're the same? Different? Same same people. OYO or OYO? OYO. It is OYO, right? Yeah. OYO, OYO, Yo-Yo. But they've got to have a specific way that they say it. Yeah, I bet yeah. you they do. I you know what? Great. Maybe they, they should tell come me. on too. They should tell me. OYO slash OYO. I want to get OYO on and then uh, Yo-Yo Ma. I want to get Yo-Yo Ma At on. the same time? At the same time. OYO, OYO, <laughs> Like that? Okay. Uh, congratulations also on, on some of the great productions you've already done with the kids. You did you. Uh, Lion King. I did you Lion did Susical the Musical. What's coming up next? Annie Kids will be in the fall. Annie Kids. Annie in the fall. Kids. Nice. And then in the spring will be Schoolhouse Rock. Nice. Yeah. 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 No, I'm excited about that. I'm just a bill, only a bill, and Is I'm sitting on Capitol yes. Hill. Yeah. It's not the Jack Black Schoolhouse Rock. That's School of Rock. Oh, this is School House yeah. Rock. So all of the all oh, of the seventies cartoons. Yeah, How I old was, are you? Yeah, thirty-five. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Great, I'm older than him. My sister Fabulous. told me that. I yeah, that. your sister and told I'm you about that. Older them. than everybody. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Oh, okay. Krista mm. Stoffer <laughs> has been, been our guest. <laughs> uh, Hansberry, a couple of closing notes before we wrap things well, up. Well, real quick, what's the uh, social media and stuff? Let's plug the um, uh, speak easily. Podcast. Um, Speak Easily with Krista Stoffer is the actual title of the name. So we're on SoundCloud, iTunes under Speak Easily with Krista Stoffer. Um, Instagram. See, it's not just bad. me. Yeah. She well, does fair it enough. too. And, and, I don't. I don't know anything. But I, I mean, I do do a lot of do do. I do do a lot of social yeah, media. Do. Yeah, I, I see, do. I see you on a lot. On, so in whiskey business is yeah. on Instagram, and we see you a lot Speak on there. Speak so, easily, so Columbus. We'll, we'll tag you yeah. on a whiskey business podcast yeah. on Instagram. We have Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, yep. uh, Twitter, Whiskey Biz Show. YouTube, this is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, subscribe, hit that little subscribe button. Whiskey business with Dieter Tripodis. You got it. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I think that's everything. Good. And share it with that's your good. actor, actress, and actor. Hush, your name now. That's. I don't know if that's you or the whiskey talking. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Uber is good. Uber is good. All right, I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced on the audio side by the uh, lovely Greg Hansberry and on the video side by the lovely John Whitney. Aww. And wow, you're uh, so lovely. Yeah, yeah, the lovely ow, John, ow. John Whitney. <laughs> and uh, I am your host, Dino Tripodis, and I'm only as, as lovely as or as good as the guests that I have. Yeah, and, oh, man, that it's was okay. really, that, that was, that's really unattractive thank you uh, yeah yeah and if, for those of you who are listening to the audio you need to go over to youtube now because no, you that, don't. yeah it was, that, was, that, that was that was bad. that was a really was ugly look thank you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> pr where's my pr and krista stopper has been the guest thank you thank you thank you so much thank so you. my friends until the next bottle see ya I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.